Welcome to the December 15th edition of the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm David Morissuti. And on today's show, I'll be previewing tonight's game against Anaheim Ducks, which has all the makings of a trap game and a potential trade target for the Toronto Maple Leafs ahead of the trade deadline. I'll explain that and more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morrissey from Sportsnet. Mike DiStefano is on vacation this week, so I am running things, but we still have lots of great Leafs content for you. Remember that Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can now catch us on YouTube, so make sure you go and hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications. We are over 2,300. Great job, everyone. We want to continue, continue to push up. Really, the main goal, next goal is 3,000. So keep helping us spread the word and tell all your friends to make sure they go and subscribe to the Lock on Leaves podcast. All right, so we got Louise back in action against the Anaheim Ducks. Yes, those same Anaheim Ducks that the Toronto Maple Leafs lost not too long ago on that California road trip, probably one of the more uh, when, when you were talking about the Leafs and their struggles to start the season, it was the game, the loss against the Anaheim Ducks. I almost had everybody in a frenzy, right? A lot of people wondering if trades need to be made. Should Sheldon Keefe be on the hot seat or even fired at, at, at that point? Things have kind of changed since then. If you haven't noticed that game, that loss kind of sparked this whole kind of resurgence uh, for the Leafs where they just looked like one of the best teams in the NHL. And funny enough, the Anaheim Ducks still look like one of the worst teams in the NHL. So that draw that pretty much asks the question, is this a trap game for the Leafs? Absolutely it is. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs who are on this incredible point streak. They haven't lost in regulation in such a long time. Then you got the Anaheim Ducks, who remain, they only have one regulation win this season. And just for you, so you tell, the Leafs lost that game in overtime. So they weren't the game, they weren't the team that lost to um, Anaheim in regulation. But Anaheim has one regulation win in 29 games. Like this is this has to be the pure definition of a trap game, and I'm seeing I'm already seeing the tweets, the memes of, you know, here we go, third place Leafs team on three days rest. You got the worst team, pretty much one of the worst teams in the league in the Anaheim Ducks, coming off a back to back where they looked absolutely dreadful against the Ottawa Senators. Let me remind you, the Ottawa Senators are not exactly pulling in. Uh, they're not exactly a high-rolling team either, and they beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-0. So, if I have one one favor to ask the Toronto Maple Leafs today, don't make yourself a meme and do not lose this game in an embarrassing fashion. 
Now, what gives me some hope that the Leafs will actually do well in this game is what they've done in all these games prior, right? You saw what they did against a team like the San Jose Sharks. That one was a little bit of a closer game than it needs to be, but San Jose is a better team than Anaheim. The LA Kings winning that game, right? 5 nothing. That's the type of performance you think you will we probably be more likely to see from this Leafs team. But, of course, nothing is ever guaranteed in the NHL. You still have to go out there and do your best, okay? Um, since, um, just to give you more context from what happened the last time the Leafs lost to Anaheim, they have gone 14-1-4 and in the 19 games after that. 14-1-4. and one regulation loss in that period. So we have, by all accounts, that game, that loss to Anaheim has kind of served as a wake-up call for everything that has happened up you know, up until that point. It felt like something like the team finally realized we need to we need to start turning this thing around. So part of the reason things got turned around. You got your goaltenders back because Eric Shogren was one in net in that night, and he was in net pretty much that whole California road trip. Uh, Ilya Samsonov will put his, I hate to say it, his undefeated home record on the line. Now, I'm not one really to jinx. I don't think I'm usually a jinx type of person. Other people have said I am. I have all the faith that Ilya Samsonov can keep this streak going against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, if he loses, I'm going to be the one blamed for it, or one of the people blamed for it, because now everyone's pointing that out there. But he's a perfect 7-0 and as Coach Bank Arena. Sheldon Keefe said he's deserving of the start. And, I mean, considering the rotation we've been seeing between Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov, Matt Murray had his chance against Calvary. Didn't have his best game, so it, it's no surprise that Samsonov is going to get the start against Anaheim. Uh, looks like Wayne Simmons will be a healthy scratch. They're going to keep pretty much the same lineup against uh, Calgary. I didn't see full line rushes, but uh, Simmons was in a gray scratches jersey. That means Joey Anderson will get in another game. And that's a that's a very interesting development because the only reason why Joey Anderson is up was up in the first place was because of Pierre Engvall getting, uh, getting hurt. Sorry, not hurt. Suspended. Nick Robertson getting hurt, which led to the call up. Um, and now this could totally, this could totally change. Um, and you know, Sheldon Keith might decide to put Dennis Morgan over Joey Anderson. It's very because you know now that we really think about it. Where will Joey Anderson play? I don't think it's going to be on the on the fourth line. Um, because Joey Anderson did take Pierre Engvall's spot on the third line, and I would assume Engvall gets back in on that third line spot. So I'm hoping, really hoping that Joey Anderson does get back in the lineup here because I feel like he had a pretty good effort against um he had a pretty good effort against Calgary. So um the way I kind of see things is I see you know and lines lineups uh in practice because they didn't post the lineup some morning skate but the lineups during practice uh the day before had Malgan with Tavares and Marner Avil back on the third line and Holmberg um Aston Reese and Anderson so I'm assuming that's how the fourth line will be uh 
people be played. Sheldon Keefe seemed to be very high on Anderson, thinks that he should get a bit of a run here. So I, 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 you want to start to see some of these guys make the most of their opportunities. So hopefully that is something that Joey Anderson can start to do here in Toronto. So those are kind of some of your lineup updates going into this game. It looks like the defense will remain untouched. Joe, you know, Jordy Ben has been skating, but I don't see him coming back earlier than they want him to because that was not a great injury that he suffered. He played through, clearly played through an injury too. So I um, I would assume that unless an injury happens or something else, you know, they want to give uh, Hollowell another chance. And you're going to see this defense sort of say the same uh, going forward for the next little bit. Uh, so that's it for the lineup updates for this game. Uh, I will give you my keys to the game and what the Leafs need to do to avoid this whole trap game scenario. But before we do, I want to tell you about today's show sponsor, and that is betonline.net, your number one source for all things betting. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football, college, basketball, World Cup, hockey. All can be found on betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. They are the latest, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to find more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. David Morissuti here flying solo with my the Stefano here. I am working on confirming guests for the week. There's some uh, some guys who are who want to join me. They're feeling a little like I was under the weather, and they wanted to make sure that um, they are at their best for the show. So I really do appreciate that. I do have a th- couple of things in the works here. So I am hoping to have a guest come on and uh, provide a little bit of support. And, you know, back and forth banter is always great. I always like having guests on the show. But for today's for today, I want to go solo to just get the get this up. I want to see what the goaltending situation was going to be like. So a little bit of a quick uh, pod from me today. So let's talk about our keys to the game against the Anaheim Ducks. The best one to be being look. You had a 3-1 lead against the Anaheim Ducks in the last game. Don't blow a lead, right? Don't give Anaheim any reason to think that they're going to be in this game, right? You have to kind of take advantage right off the start. You have to kind of put forth your make, – make, make a statement pretty much at the start of the game. The Leafs have been doing a pretty decent job of that lately. Mitch Marner will look to get his uh, – continue his point streak – He's getting into that territory of, you know, guys haven't had, you know, point streaks as long as them in a really long time. Somebody did mention Matt Sundin having a very long point streak um, uh, as like, you know, when I was discussing Marner's point streak and, you know, and how long it's been. And somebody brought up uh, Matt Sundin. And yes, Matt Sundin did have a 30 game point streak. Um I'm actually, I was actually looking back on it. Like, it's almost crazy to think, like, you know, how, like how crazy, like, Matt Sundin, he did that in 92, 93. Like, this is just something you don't see very often. But, um, 
no, Patrick Kane still has the more recent long streak. I think his ended at 25 games. So something Marner is going to be working to try to uh, try to extend and maybe move past. So we have one as one of the longest in recent memory. So Mitch, Mitch will look to do that against the Anaheim team that isn't playing very well. Like I, I don't, I don't see how Luis lose this game based on the matchup on paper. And that's why I mentioned the whole idea of the trap game and why, you know, you can never really count a team out, but in Anaheim's case, like, they started Lucas Dostal in the in against Ottawa, who is their backup. So it looks like John Gibson will start against uh, the Leafs, and like John John Gibson is not the John Gibson of old, right? We know that he has really, really struggled this season. He has a .894 save percentage, three point nine nine goals against average this season. He hasn't been playing very good. His last three games, he's allowed four goals, three goals, four goals. And he also was allowed five goals against Seattle not too long ago either. His best game was against the Nashville Predators. Uh, he stopped 39 uh, th- He stopped thirty-nine or 41 shots, and Anaheim still lost. So, uh, and they lost that game in overtime. So, if I'm the Leafs, you just got to play your game to the, you know, just take advantage of it, really. The, the Leafs have done a pretty good job of that. They hadn't allowed teams to really get themselves, you know, going in a lot of these games, right? I think the big one here, if I'm uh, if I'm Toronto, I'm trying to figure out the best way to avoid these unnecessary losses or unnecessary hard games, stay out of the penalty box. Right, they did a better job against Calgary, considering what happened against Dallas. But yeah, no, the um, the the Leafs are going to want to stay out of the box. Don't give Anaheim any 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 extra reason to uh, to be in this game. So that that's a big one for me: is stay out of the box, avoid the turnovers, get your big boys like Marner to keep going. I think Nylander is going to be in for another. He likes playing against the Ducks too. Like this could be a, a, a good game here for uh, William Nealander to keep his uh, recent hot streak going. And, you know, looking at kind of other players like Pierre Engvall, I want to see how he does after sitting for the game. How, how does his performance kind of waver here? Does he show a little more of that spark that Mike discussed on the last podcast against the Kings where he looked like a player that, was pushing things a little more physically, or is that suspension going to make him kind of rethink how he how he does all that? I think you know Engvall will push. I don't think he'll totally you know. Ca- I'm not gonna say coward out, but he's he's not going to totally you know stop playing just because of suspension. I think he'll he'll try to keep uh, keep things going. He understands that the suspension also put the Leafs in a tough spot where, you know, they had to call somebody up and, you know, and they already had lost Robertson. So I think he'll look to try to make amends. He's got to get back onto being a a goal scorer as well, get a little more offense going as well. So, yeah, very, this is, this is a game where I think the Leafs, like, it should be two points. 
like I, I look and the reason why this game is actually kind of important for Toronto is they got to still chase Boston in the Atlantic division. Okay. Toronto is three points behind, but Boston still has two games in hand and, you know, Boston, they lost that game against the coyotes, which kind of helped the Leafs reclaim some of that, uh, the distance there, but they won against the, uh, the golden Knights. They're not losing to good teams right now. They're just not, well, they're not just, they're not really losing period. Right. So, you know, the Leafs have to do their best to try to stay close and hope that a couple losses here and there can help the Leafs kind of bridge the gap. The Bruins do have some tough games coming up down the road. They got the Jets, who have been pretty decent this season. They got the Devils twice to end the month of December. They also have games against teams like Columbus, Ottawa, L.A., so... The Leafs are going to have to do their best to kind of keep themselves uh, within shouting distance here. And look, the reason why this is so important is right now the Leafs would be they would be scheduled to face Tampa in the first round again. The last thing you want to do is lose out on first place by a few points, and you come back and you look at a game like the Anaheim Ducks is a reason why it doesn't it didn't happen. The reason why they didn't finish first in the division. Okay, so. If I'm Leafs, that's your motivation right there. Get out. Let Boston face Tampa in the first round. Okay? That should be the motivation right there. So we'll see. Hopefully the Leafs can get that done against Anaheim tonight. Ilya um, Samsonov, let's see if he can also continue his, uh, his perfect record at home. All right. On the other side, I got a couple of interesting topics to discuss. One being a potential trade target I've heard thrown out there involving uh, the Leafs and whether it actually makes sense for a few different reasons. And a interesting way that uh, Will and ne- uh, sorry, well, Mitch Marner has been uh, honored or just, you know, something a little limited edition potential Christmas gift idea that I've seen, but maybe not one I would recommend people to get. I'll explain that and more on the other side, but let's take one more break. This is the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Locked On These Podcast. I'm David Morissuti. Just a reminder here, everyone, that yes, we are available wherever you get your podcasts from and on YouTube, so please make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. We want to make sure that we get those subscriptions up Make sure you leave us a review on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts from. Want to make sure that we are bringing the best content to you at all times. The only way we know is if we can see how we're being reviewed. So make sure you please do leave us a review. We always appreciate it. Remember, this is for you guys. We want to make sure we're giving you guys the best content all the time. Speaking of content, uh, David Alter actually brought this up on Twitter. And I had to do a bit of a double take when I saw it. But with uh, with Mitch Marner on this point streak, uh, there's a company, there's a sports uh, apparel company called Foco, F-O-C-O, who decided to commemorate the Leafs winger with a reverse retro jersey bobblehead. So it's pretty much a bobblehead than the reverse jersey. I'm going to pull it up for those of you here on YouTube so you can see it. Those of you on the podcast, uh, you can go to the Foco 
uh, website. I'll put the link uh, in the description of the show so you can see where to get it. So they made this limited edition Marner bobblehead. And I look at it here and look, I'm I tend to be a little critical sometimes when I see memorabilia. Authenticity is the big thing for me. They nailed the jersey. The jersey is done right. Um, you know, they got a nice little base here. I, I have actually, I do have a bobblehead of my own. I, I have a Darcy Tucker one, um, that I got years ago. I would say this is like 2005, 2006. It's a really nice Tucker, uh, bobblehead helmet and everything. So this Mitch Marner one here, I'm just scrolling through here on Twitter, on YouTube. So people can see this, um, you know, nice, seems like a solid base. I don't know what it's made out of. Um, but I mean, it's bobbleheads usually all come pretty standard. It is very tough. I understand it is very tough to get the face and hair to be very authentic to what a player looks like, which is why I kind of prefer helmets for hockey player bobbleheads because then you avoid any criticism about the hair. But those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I want to hear your comments on this. I'm not a fan of the hair. Mitch Martin does not have hair like this. You got to make it look like. I'm going to kind of say here, this is kind of giving me Mike Babcock hair vibes. Like this is not hair. When I think of Mitch Martin, Mitch Martin doesn't have very distinguished hair, but for some reason he's got this weird like flap at the end. As you can see here, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing Mitch Marner when I look at this. The only thing that makes it Mitch Marner and what saves it is the jersey and the nameplate. Also, the nameplate. I don't know why they have lines through the nameplate. Uh, just weird. So the other thing about this, and those of you that are watching this, this is 75 bucks US for a bobblehead. It's not signed. It's not like there's not like anything special about it other than it's probably a limited edition. $75 for a bobblehead? Are we are, like, am I totally off base here? First off, $75 US, kick that up into Canadian. You're getting it closer to the $90 range for a bobblehead. Uh, I'm not seeing this, folks. I'm, uh, I, I'm putting the link so you guys can go and see it for yourself, but. I think this is a total miss. And this just seems like a bit of a cash grab, in my opinion. Trying to trying to uh capitalize on Mitch Marner's big uh big streak going on right now. I think that's very weird. I'm uh, I would advise against buying something like this. I know some people will say, oh, this would make a great Christmas gift. Not at that price, in my opinion. You'd be better off buying something. You're you're not far off from buying a jersey. I know, you no know, Leafs jerseys are a few could be a, go up to a few hundred dollars, but there's other things you can buy. Mitch Marner wise, I would advise you to get over this bobblehead personally. So, uh, if the company that made this wants to come after me for it, I have no problem because I will uh, debunk that this is a bobblehead. I would recommend people to get. Not a fan at all. Now, I did mention that there's a trade target being kind of, you know, the, apparently the Leafs have a connection to, and that is Bo Horvat of the Vancouver Canucks. So where is this all coming from? Well, 
Bo Horvat recently rejected a contract offer made by the Canucks, according to Rick uh, Dewali, um of Czech TV, CH, I think it's CH, CHEK TV. He, uh, he said that the Canucks made an offer recently and it was rejected. Not surprising because it seems like Horvat and the Canucks have had, it's just been a tough, tough period. Uh, not just for the Canucks on the ice, but off the ice too, because there's just a lot. It's just been a very weird season for that team where, you know, Bruce Boudreaux has pretty much been on thin ice since the start of the year. Um, you know, him and JT Miller seem to be kind of a bit at odds right now. JT Miller, who the Canucks had signed to a eight-year, $56 million contract, so $8 million a season. And I don't know what they've offered Bo, Ho Bo Horvat. I haven't seen uh, the number there. Um, my assumption is because Bo Horvath has been playing so well that it's got to be somewhere in that neighborhood. Maybe a little, maybe they're trying to get him to take a discount. But um, yeah, Bo, like the Canucks are in a real pickle where they, right now, I think they got to trade their captain because if he's not signing an extension, you're not losing him for nothing. The Canucks are not going anywhere this season uh, in terms of competing. They've they've just been brutal, brutal. I mean, the fact that really the reason why they're not being not as far down the sands as they are is because they're not tanking like teams like the Ducks, the Blackhawks, the Coyotes. Like they have twenty seven points, the Coyotes have twenty two. That's not the if you want to get an idea of how things have been going for Vancouver and. The tough part here for like Bo Horvat is he's actually been pretty good this season. He has 20 goals in 28 games. Um, of those uh, 20 goals, half of them have come on the uh, half of them have come at even strength. So it's not just play, you know, it's pretty decent, but that's also a lot of power play goals as well. I mean, he's also, I mean, the Canucks, uh, he's like one of the featured members of that team. So it's not surprising. We know Bull Horvath's reputation as a very good defensive forward. You know, really good on the faceoffs. You know, you can trust to have him out there in any situation. He plays over 20 minutes a night in Vancouver. Um, David Pegnotta from the fourth uh, period, he said that, you know, a team like the Leafs, ha, you know, have believed have interest along with the Colorado Avalanche. New York Rangers and Dallas Stars. As soon as you hear the Avalanche are involved, in my opinion, that pushes the Leafs well way down a pay because Colorado has a more desperate need for a centerman than the Leafs do. If you look at kind of how their lineup is gone, is uh, New York certainly has more assets than the Leafs to play in all this. But here's why I I'm not totally on board with the Bo, Bo Horvat trade for a couple reasons. Um. Where would he play in the lineup? You're not moving John Tavares off the second line. He, I'm assuming Bo Horvat, if he's coming, he's playing center. Bo Horvat is a third line center. I don't think that's where he want what he'd want. I mean, he won't have. I don't think he'll have much of a choice of where he plays in the lineup. But I would assume that you know he's going to want to make sure that he is putting himself in the best position to earn the best contract and. 
Now, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so he can't say, I'm not going to go to Toronto. Uh, I'm sure that the Canucks are going to have some talk with the team because there's an, another kind of scenario here where whichever team trades for Bor Horvat, they might consider signing him. And if you're the Canucks, you may want to see if you can get a little bit more, like almost like a, a Mark Stone type of thing when uh, Ottawa traded him to Vegas and they made sure to get a little bit more. And because Vegas signed him to a deal almost right after trading for him. So but at the same time, if you look at the teams that are involved, all those teams are capped out in a way. I don't see them being able to offer Bo Horvat a big contract. So I don't think that's going to be an issue in terms of price. Um, I, I, when I look at like Bo Horvat has done a great job. He's been very good this season, but I'm, and you know what? He's been a very good playoff performer. If you look at that, the last, uh, the last time that the uh, Canucks were in the playoffs, Bo Horvat, it was one of their better. It was like him, JT Miller, Thatcher Demko, Quinn Hughes were kind of leading the charge when it comes to the the playoff production there. He had 10 goals in 17 playoff games, 12 points. It's funny because he's like, during the regular season, he is a, usually he's like even or just more of a playmaker and goal scorer. In the playoffs, and especially this season, it's been goals and a few assists. It's very weird for Bo Horvat. But like, the production is there. But the fit on the Leafs, and where I'm kind of hesitant here, is that you're going to make all this, you make this big trade for Horvat, or you make a pretty a big trade for Horvat because the Canucks are not going to let him go for nothing. He's not going to play on the top power play, and he's already got eight power play goals this season. So he's got he's a guy that clearly wants to be on the power play and producing there. Um, you, you're unless he's playing second line left winger, which you're not putting Bo Horvat at winger. He's a center. He can he's that's his role, and you're not going to you're not going to spend all that to have him on the third line. So this is where I'm I'm confused a little bit about hearing the Leafs as a potential fit. Maybe they felt that they would it would help with Tavares a little bit here and they can kind of move these guys around a little bit. Um but I I think personally what the Leafs should be focusing on more so is that that second line winger slash third line role. That's where I think and Mike and I kind of discussed that uh, we didn't put any targets together, but we will get to that eventually. Like I think the Leafs would be better off doing that. Whoever they bring in, he can be on that second power play unit. He can play those minutes at five on five on the second line left wing. So I've uh, that's where I think people need to. I think the Leafs really need to to look more into that area. I think people need to be a little more. They, 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 they'll see the big name like a Bohar. You, you kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit there. You have to kind of realize what's the right fit here. I just don't think the fit is there in terms of what his role is in, in Vancouver and what his role would be on the Leafs. Not saying I wouldn't like Bohar bet on the Leafs. It's just based on what this team needs, I still think you can go out and use those assets to get a bigger winger. A big, I, I would like a big size winger that can score. And maybe a depth defenseman, a la Luke Shen from Vancouver. 
on the Canucks. He's a guy I wouldn't mind seeing the Leafs getting as a potential depth option, you know, in case of injuries. Other than that, I, I don't think that that fit is truly, truly there. So we'll see where it, I'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, there's going to, it's lots of time still before the trade deadline. I know the Leafs like to make those decisions early, but I think it'll, it'll, there'll be some time before we have those discussions. All right. I think that'll do it for us today here on the podcast. Like, thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure you continue to subscribe so you, leave, you continue to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at D underscore Morsuti. Follow Mike at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode Wednesday where we will hopefully be talking about a Leafs win against the Anaheim Ducks and not them suffering in a trap game. But I have all the faith here. We have all the faith here of Locked On Leafs on the Leafs. So until then... Keep it locked right here on Locked on Leaves.